Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and... Mon, and you almost weren't with anyone. <laughs> <laughs> What's the time, Mon? I'm confused. I, it's just seven. It's just seven. It's not ten past seven at all. It's seven. We're right on time, Lyle. Nothing yeah, yeah, happens. Course, what are you talking about? Oh, okay. We are right. late. Who are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about this. Delay. <laughs> yes. So we're having the delayed broadcast for the live show today. Is that what's happening? <laughs> no, we're just having some techie issues. No idea what's happening. Like comp- everything just crashed. Yeah, right before we switched Just before air. we went to yeah, air, everything yeah. just crashed. Producer shells dragging Genius that ship out of the depth. Put it back online <laughs> yeah. again. Praise the Lord. With a lot of Amen. prayer. Yes, a indeed. A lot of prayer. Amen. Thank you to our listeners who caught up. We're like, where are you guys? We're right here. Don't worry. We're right here. Appreciate the prayers. <laughs> anyway, what are you thankful for, Mon? Mud. Mud. I have a story about mud this morning. Of course you do, Lyle. Why do you like mud so much? Dude, I like discovered the most amazing thing. So if I go to the gym and work out really hard, because like my face doesn't sweat much, like, like my underarms and between my fingers weirdly will pour sweat. <laughs> but my, fa- yeah, I know it's strange. <laughs> but my face won't get sweaty, which is annoying because I want my pores to get cleaned out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got really frustrated with this, and so I went home after the gym and I actually did a steam facial, mm-hmm. which is just amazing, by the way. Your, your face looks like a baby's bum afterwards, and then I put on mud like clay, just pure. Clay and just, just went out this, in the yard and yeah, just rubbed my face s- in the car park. No, <laughs> <laughs> I had some super fine French clay, and so I made some mud out of that and I spread oh, it. French on. clay is different from the Australian clay. Look, it's just it's just more posh, all right. <laughs> I don't know. It's from France. You can I bet get, it's not. I actually, bet somebody's digging it out of their backyard and putting a label on it. <laughs> actually, Australian <laughs> clay like, has yeah, a really good reputation as well. So Australian clay is some of the finest as well. Um, but yeah, but no, I I, uh, I put that on my paws, which are now really enlarged after both the exercise and the steam. And I'm so happy with how my paws look right now. So yeah, super grateful for mud. Okay, so I'm supposed to be able to tell the difference. <laughs> I'm just staring across from over the there. Moment. From over there, no, yep, no, can't tell the difference. But like looking in a mirror up close, yes. This is a reminder. You are listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show and interact with Mon and myself for the breakfast show, then simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play or use the Tune In Radio app. Wait, I guess you'll have to tell us about your mud story after the break, while. Yeah, I will. But right now, I'm going to tell you what I'm thankful for, and I am super thankful this morning that we're on air. That we are on air. Yeah, amen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> always a little bit of a panic when everything just crashes just before you're supposed to be there.
Welcome back, everybody. That was Sila with Standing on the Promise of God to wake us Sailor. up this morning. Sila, whatever. Sila, I don't know. I don't know, actually. Stop and think about it. Stop and think about it. Oh, yeah, that's, that's what the that group. means. That's yeah. what it means. <laughs> Maybe they want us to stop and think about how to pronounce their name. <laughs> Intermission. Tell us your mud story, dude. No, I'm saving it for news. It's newsworthy mud story. Newsworthy mud story. Newsworthy mud story. Wow. Wow. All hanging on the edge of our seats now to hear this mud story. Uh Uh, Lyle, let me hit you with the quiz this morning. Okay. Uh, This is a who am I um, uh, quiz. I'm going to give you a clue. First of all, it is a Bible character. All right. (laughs) Who would have thunk it? Clue number one. You ready? Mm. I told God I am angry enough to die. Oh, I wonder who that might be. Yeah, I'm angry <laughs> enough to die. Go on then, write it down if you're so clever. Yeah, you're right. It's true. That's the person. Okay, give us a call if you think you know the answer. 1-800-FAITH-FM with their number. It's 1-800-324-843. Uh, or you can text 0491-064-669 um, and you can win the prize this morning. Have you ever been angry enough to die, Mon? Other way around, been angry enough that I wanted to kill someone. No. <laughs> I wanted someone else to die. No, 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 I haven't been. Not even when you told you never did that whole, I'm going to hold my breath until I die thing. No, I think I was actually Tantrum. scared of actually dying. <laughs> I also, like, I, just, I think I knew that if I held my I breath, think- I would pass out and just keep existing. So I'm like, well, that's stupid. And I don't want to fall The holding down, breath tantrum head. is the easiest tantrum to deal with. Yeah, you're just like, oh, great. Because cool. you just don't need to do a thing. You're like, yep. Go for yeah. it. <laughs> Hold your breath. You'll be nice and quiet, and then you pass out, and you'll be asleep, and then I'll be happy there. That's the <laughs> More toddlers should take this on board. Yeah. All right, they kids, should. try holding your breath. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, I have some really cool news uh, coming out of um, the world of wheelchairs. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think most There is of a world of them, is there? Well, you know, it's just the whole... The people who use them... And the, the, the scene. Yeah, The wheelchair yeah. scene. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, I don't know what the PC term is, like, because you can't say disabled anymore. Like, um, what is it? Like, wheelchair able? No, differently abled. Is that the word? Whatever. The people, we love them. Who cares if they're in a wheelchair or not? Um, And this is some really cool news coming from uh, this. The world of wheelchairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't know this was an issue, but I'm loving, absolutely loving the fact that someone's taken it on board and decided to fix it. This is, uh, it's interesting enough, coming from Target. As in Target, the retailer, Target, the Red Circle Boutique. Um, (laughs) (laughs) They have just released costumes specially designed for kids in wheelchairs. Okay. How cool is that? Why would they wear something different if you live in, if you work, um, if you get around in a wheelchair, why wouldn't you just normal? Well, for one thing, like when you, like, because your wheelchair can get in the way of what you're trying to achieve. And so the costumes that they've released actually incorporate the wheelchair into the entire look. And it is so freaking cool. I'm so excited about this. So I want to show you some pictures. So one of them is a pirate ship and they've actually like on the wheel, they've made the water. Oh, okay. So this is like if you're going to a costume party. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because I'm like, what on earth? Are you talking? Okay, that is very yeah. cool. So okay, kids who go to costume parties, like, it, the, like it's going to get in the way of what they're trying to achieve, what the, the look they're trying to pull off. So, and they've made the sides of the wheelchair. They've put like a paper thing over the top to make it look like a boat. Mm-hmm. And then off the back, there's a pirate flag. And then there's a there's a girlier one where they've actually like um, attached these cardboard cutouts to the arms. 
uh, and uh, and and stuck some silver wheels in it to make it look like a, a chariot, and then like you dress as a princess, and then that's your chariot, and then when you dress carriage. as a pirate, sorry, yeah, correct, my bad, carriage, and then uh, and then the pirate, of course, you dress in a pirate costume and you sit in a pirate boat. <laughs> Isn't that just so cute? That is very cool. I love it. I oh. love that Target's taken the initiative to help kids out who um. Yeah, are differently able to live in wheelchairs. I'm really looking forward to see what they do with um, with adult wheelchairs. It's going to be really cool. I they're going to do some really fun, yeah. fun costumes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring it on. So good, good on Target for seeing a need, um, and for helping people who do uh, live in wheelchairs. Um, you know, I guess feel to some degree like they're just as as able as the rest of the society. And I guess we often associate wheelchairs with tragedy and with sadness, but this is really cool. And I have some more good news, Lyle. Bring it on. For those who are, who are uh, wheelchair-bound. I really hope I'm not offending anyone with my, with my non-PC phrases. It's so difficult keeping up oh, these days. Oh, it's impossible. Just like, yeah. get over it. I don't think we love people differently just because they're in a wheelchair. We love them all the same. Of course we do. Yeah. So this is really cool. Have you, hey, have you ever been to the, um, the Sleeping Bear Sand Dunes in Michigan? The Sleeping Bear Sand Dunes. Possibly the most famous dune national park in the world. No, the most famous dune no, national park no, in the world not. is Stockton Beach. Just because you went there, just because you went there, doesn't make it more famous. Or Simpson Desert. Sleeping Bear. It's like one of the. It's you, like, know many, you know how many sand dunes there are in the Simpson Desert? That doesn't make them famous. Do you know how many people there 1, are in Australia? One thousand one hundred approximately sand dunes, and none of them are as special as the Sleeping Bear Sand Dune in Michigan, because it is apparently the biggest. I think. Whatever it is, it's the it's easily easily the most famous sand dune in the world, right? Never heard of it. But anyway, where is it? It's, it's in Michigan. It's Michigan. a national park in Michigan. Michigan. Yeah, Michigan, Michigan, America. That's and that's a surprising bit, right? Michigan. There's, there's a sand dune in Michigan, Michigan. borders Wisconsin. It's like yeah. an hour from where my wife grew up. That's the place. And she's she's shaking her head. She's never heard of such a. Are place. Are you serious, Michelle Lynn Southwell? You've never heard of Sleeping Dune, Sleeping Bear Dune. You need to get Googling. But but she's been in Australia for most of her life. She barely counts anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they made the dude after she left. No, no since she was 22 anyway. <laughs> yeah, anyway, um, well, that's most of her life. That, you- that, would be, that would be giving things away now, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, well, if you saw her, it wouldn't be an issue giving away because she looks great. Absolutely. Anyway, 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 back on track. So Sleeping, uh, Sleeping Bear Sand Dune uh, National Park has become the first ever national park to implement heavy-duty wheelchairs as a means of allowing disabled visitors to visit their trails. So it's called a track chair, um, and it's been equipped with really heavy tread. It, look, it, it looks like a mini tank. It's incredible. Oh. And, uh, and, and, and you can use it as a visitor <clears throat> excuse me, to navigate like the steep hills and, like, and obviously the sandy trails of this, of this national park. Um, so this is otherwise known as a four-wheel drive buggy. Yeah. <laughs> Quite possibly, uh, but yeah, I guess so. But it, it, can't, it still has that sort of regular wheelchair look, but then like the treads are just out of this planet. Um, but it's really cool, and like it's 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 it actually was uh, from the track chair program, which was launched in May. Um, and guess who launched that? I have no idea. You you would think it would either be like. Um, you know the um the, the, some sort of uh, charity dealing with uh, disabled people, or or maybe even the San Dune uh, place themselves, the National Park themselves. Turns out it was created by a society called Friends of Sleeping Bear Dunes. So this is basically people who love this national park so much they couldn't bear the thought that there's people out there who might miss out on seeing it. 
He might miss out on this piece of creation. This is uh, this is an awesome story. Yeah. This is something that I'm actually really passionate passionate about, and this is something that upsets me so much about Australia, is that we do the opposite here in our That's country. Right. We do absolutely everything we can to stop disabled people, to stop young people, to stop elderly people from going and seeing, you know, the beautiful places that we've got by locking them up, by locking the gate and saying, unless you are fit and healthy and young enough to walk. Mm. then you are restricted from seeing it. And yeah. that is Australia. We, we have been locked out of our own country in Australia and uh, I'm, I'm a huge supporter of the concept of unlocking Australia so that you know, 50% of the population who doesn't normally have access to these places to can get, have yeah, access to them. Get out and see it, see their own country. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, they said, you know, we can't do a lot of maintenance or changes to increase accessibility to some of these wilderness areas. So the best option we could come up with was to create a vehicle to take the person into the area so they can experience the trail as it is without having to make ma- major modifications. That's amazing. And they're having massive success with it. Um it's already been just utilised by so many visitors. It's free. Yeah, because, because this is the thing. You're going to have a lot of elderly people who yeah. are going to use this. Mm-hmm. And it's not, going to, not just going to be disabled people. It's going That's to be right. elderly people who are just not fit enough um, to be able to go and see these amazing sites. And yeah. they're going to be like, yep, I can do this now. Yeah, absolutely. This is so awesome. And the chair is free for people to use as long as they like book it several days in advance because you know it's becoming so popular. And uh, the Friends of Sleeping Bear Sand Dune National Park are hoping to purchase an additional chair um, for younger visitors, so like a smaller one to, for kids. Um, just- <laughs> That's going to be booked out yeah. fast. Man, they're if just- I was a kid going there, it'd be like, forget walking. Yeah, yeah. I've got a four-wheel drive <laughs> buggy on <laughs> tracks here to take. And they said they just... Just want everyone to enjoy the beauty of nature, yes. regardless of their disability. Love this philosophy. Yeah, this yep. is the philosophy we need to have. Why is it we need to we need to get uh, Australia on board with this? We need to get uh, you know the disability um, organisations here within Australia to start lobbying for these kinds of things in our national parks and in the amazing areas that we have that we can go and enjoy. This is Sister Rosetta Thorpe with my Lord and I. Precious, he's so very dear to me. He loves me with such tender love, he loves me faithfully. I could not live apart from him, I love to feel him near. And so we dwell together, talking about my Lord and I.
that he loveth me My tongue can't never tell It's an ever everlasting love And it's ever ever rich supply And so we love each other I know it's my Lord and I Welcome back. You're listening to Breakfast Show with Lyle and Mon. That was My Lord and I. I love that little number. Great pick there from producer Shell. Um, we've got a clue for this quiz before we move on to Lyle's mysterious mud story. That's apparently good enough to be newsworthy. Uh, who am I? Clue number two. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. Well, there you go. Yeah. Definitely a good approach. Always looking towards the holy temple. Who was that? It's like a fear of speech, right, to look toward the whole Anyway, temple. before we get to uh, my mud story, mm. um, let me talk to you about Arkansas Law Act 501 coming into effect this month. Okay. So Act 501 is a law banning um, the labelling of veggie burgers or veggie hot dogs or any other kind of, uh, of fake meat or fake what? dairy products or milk. Uh, from being labelled with any term relating to either milk or dairy or meat or otherwise. So you can't say, um, like, almond milk anymore? No, 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 absolutely. There's no such thing. Uh, almond milk, um, soy milk, rice milk, um, oat milk, cashew milk, pea milk, which has suddenly become a thing. Uh, I'm not quite sure. It's been a thing for a long time. I've only just discovered it. It's actually not bad. I don't understand why people are so mind boggled. We've been making soy milk out of soybeans for hundreds of years, and then suddenly we're making them out of like peas. Peas. And people are like, oh my goodness, we can't do that. Well, actually, we can. Get over it. (laughs) (laughs) But how long long have you been buying pea milk for? How long have you seen it on the shelf? I only saw it while I was away. Ages, man, years. Really? When I was in the States in 2011. There was, and I went to the health food shop near my house. There was like an unbelievable selection. That was the okay, first but I, you're not allowed to call those milk anymore in Arkansas. This makes me so angry. In you Arkansas. know why? Yeah, you know why? Oh, because it's confusing to the customers. It's not confusing to the customers. They don't know what they're buying. It's not confusing. They think they're, they think they're buying something. They think they're buying a a, a Cadillac and they're getting a Chev. Not, that's that's what the that's what the lawmaker and I've got his name here, name and shame this morning because do it. What kind of a moron comes up with a law like this? Uh, State Representative David Hillman uh, sponsored the bill. Um, sponsored the bill, yeah, and yeah. he was sponsored by the meat and dairy industry. Of course, that's, he was. That's what's happening right there. The, the, the okay, customers so it protects, aren't confused. It, it, it supposedly protects consumers from being misled or confused. The only thing it protects is the profits of the meat and dairy industry. And so what they've done, of course, is they've brought a lawsuit on themselves from uh, Tofurky and uh, the ACLU who have come along and they've made a number of uh, interesting observa- ob- observations. By the way, there's a, uh, there's a $1,000 fine for every product um, that is labelled with a meat or milk-derived name that... Can, does not contain those um, things. Can you do so? So when you go and you buy your veggie burger, that's like super confusing, right? Like you've, I've been buying oh, veggie yeah. burgers. I've been buying veggie burgers your for whole what? Life? 20, 30 years. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, and all this time I thought they had meat in them. <laughs> Seriously, that's sarcasm. If you people. <laughs> Does, are they it's allowed? To, are they allowed to write like almond milk, but spell it M Y L K instead of M I L K? <laughs> well, I guess the not meat ones will be fine. Are you allowed to say not meat, or is the word meat not allowed to be on there? I have no idea, but you would think if if it is like uh, labelled as not meat, because some of them are actually called not meat. Yeah, I I just have a question. Are we allowed to use the words? Sausages, nuggets, schnitzels, no, no, steak. No, 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 they're all gone. Those that that words are all gone from that is any opposite. Do you know? Do you know? Do you know why derived? I hate this? Because it is a corporation attempting to make illegality out of capitalism, which you just can't do. Capitalism will speak for itself, and if you try and like make laws to to uh, bogart the profits, I think you are very, very much doing bad sportsmanship, and you just need to calm down and sit down. They could easily get a nasty backlash from this one. They where should. People, where, where they people should just, be. Yeah. And it's so crazy because they're like, oh, we have to protect the dairy and meat industry. Like, do you know what? The dairy and meat industry is not going to fold because some people decided to buy you know, soy tofurkey for a change. Okay, but it does, it does show that the dairy and meat industry is under pressure. Because if they weren't under no, pressure, they wouldn't no, be... they're not under pressure. They wouldn't be pushing you, for these kind no, of laws. No, this is crazy. This is, they are under pressure no. because of the rise of plant-based I diets, don't think they're the under popularity pressure. of I don't, plant-based diets. I, don't, I, I think it's going to be a long, long time before dairy and meat industry is under pressure. I think what they're having a tantrum over is they don't have as much profits as they used to do. I think Which is another way of saying a, under pressure. No, no. It's like, it's like saying I have $100 million and someone took two bucks. Like, wah, wah, wah. You still have tons and tons of money. Just get over yourself. That's what they're complaining about. They're not under pressure. Oh, they're just having a tanty. I've pushed the rant button here this morning. Anyway, um, so <laughs> let me go on here. The uh, ACLU um, says that this law is specifically designed to disadvantage purveyors of plant it's exactly what it's meat doing. Products. It's an attack. It's nothing to do with confusing consumers. It's an attack. It, all, it goes on to say that it restricts companies from accurately describing their products. And this is probably the most, uh, the, 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 the biggest point is that there is no evidence that any confusion exists in the yeah, marketplace. Yeah, let's see them do the research. I mean, seriously. Let's see them do the research. I first went to Arkansas when I was 20 years old. Um, that was what, 27 years ago, 28 years ago was when I first went to Arkansas. And when I was in Arkansas, I drank cashew milk and had cashew gravy. And at no point was I confused that these were uh, meat or milk-based, dairy-based products. I think the population... Irris- and so after you know, that amount of time, do we really think that all of the you know, rednecks yeah. and so forth living yeah, down there in Arkansas are that? <laughs> I think the people who do eat dairy and eat proper like, actual this meat is an in insult. Arkansas... Yeah, they this should is be an offended... Insult. To the intelligence of people in Arkansas. Absolutely. That's exactly what the government is telling them. You guys are so stupid that you can't figure out what soy is. Well, to be honest, I hope, I hope that the, uh, the meat and dairy alternative industry, like, totally comes back swinging with a total tongue in cheek packaging and just gets really sarcastic with their labeling and just be like, (laughs) by every, by the way, everyone, this is not a schnitzel. It is something, we can't tell you that it's like a schnitzel, but it isn't a schnitzel. But it's made from soy. But it's not a schnitzel. Don't get confused. We are not schnitzels here in this package. Let's just right call here. it not schnitzel. Not, yeah, not. exactly. Because anyway. that's, that's, ugh, oh, that's so <laughs> angry. 
Anyway, okay, so we talk about mud. We've got a little bit of time left, so oh, let's yeah. talk about mud. Let's hear about your mud. Uh, North Fitzroy, which you used to live in North Fitzroy. Fitzroy North. Uh, Fitzroy North. There's a difference? Yeah, in Melbourne they do it back to front. Fitzroy what? North. Why is that? Is that because they I don't know, but drive back to front as well? Just because... Don't even get me started. Don't even get me started. <laughs> uh, we're going to offend all of the Victorians this morning. That's okay. Um, <clears throat> all right, so North Fitzroy North, kindergarten has eliminated toys. I'm, I think I might be into that, but go on. This was my reaction as well. Yeah. I, when I first read it, I'm like, I think I might be into that. Yeah, yeah. Then I read on and I'm like... I'm half into that. Uh, go on. I'm so intrigued. Please tell me this involves mud. I'm so intrigued. Go on. Okay. So they have introduced dirt. I'm, I'm so more into this. <laughs> go on. Go on. Um, the idea is that uh, they are promoting unstructured play, um, which does involve lots of mud. They actually have a mud slide. Oh. <laughs> I, knew you, I knew you would be into that. Um, and one of the theories, there are a number of theories behind it, some which I actually agree with and some which I think are ridiculous. Okay. But uh, the first one that I really strongly agree with is that children are too cotton wool these, these days. Um, where They're too protected. They don't understand nature. Uh, they don't understand that, you know, things like mud, for instance, can be wet and cold and nature can be a bit ugly at times. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we wrap our children up in cotton wool and protect them from anything that might be slightly negative because we think that they'll just melt if uh, yeah. if they come in contact with it. And they're like, no, nah, just get out there. Just just play in the dirt, yep. you know. Yep. Um, sticks and stones and mud and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so they're promoting unstructured play, which is, that, which is, a, is, is the idea that you put the kids out in the yard you give them nothing. You give them no direction whatsoever at all, and they will teach themselves how to how mm. to play. And this is where it becomes a bit of a grey area for me because children need structure. Absolutely, they need structure. And so it gets a little bit hippieish here for a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the other thing that, of course, they have uh, done, which is um, you know this whole concept of removing gendered toys. Oh, please. So that's where it sort of came unstuck for me. Um, I thought, yeah, let's get rid of screens. Let's create real play. Let's get kids outside. Let's get them in the dirt. The best thing I ever gave my kids was a big pile of dirt. Yeah. My parents did that, stripped me down to my underwear, chucked me in a mud, let me play all day, then hot shower and straight to bed. Yep. Best thing that kids can ever do. So there's some good and some bad in this one. Lord, help me live from day to day in such a self-forgetful way. That even when I kneel to pray, my prayer shall be for others. Others, Lord, yes, others, let this my motto be. Help me to live for others, that I may live like. Thank you. 
Welcome back to Faith FM. We are currently corresponding from the Faith and Science Conference down here in in Kurrumbong, New South Wales. And across from me, uh, sitting at this table, is Dr. Sven Ostring. How are you, Sven? I'm really good, Lawson. It's really great to be back with you again uh, on Faith FM. Perfect. And of course, um, this is we're, we're going to be doing a series where I'm going to be interviewing every single one of the presenters here at the Faith and Science Conference and uh, you know just going over what they've been talking about, what they've been presenting and being able to give you know listeners out listening to Faith FM the opportunity to, to learn and understand those things. And it is an amazing opportunity because we have such a range of different speakers. Mm. So we have you know people who are experts in, in uh, biblical theology, studying the book of Genesis, um, systematic theology thinking about the broad uh, picture but also scientists mm. um, it's just a great opportunity and it's, I'm so glad you can be here yeah well I'm stoked you know I kind of just rocked up here and they're like oh here's a room here's a place where you can record some stuff and uh, good luck and I'm like sweet this is awesome we're having an amazing time but right now I wanted to get into something that you were talking about in one of your in one of your presentations I wanted to get into methodological naturalism did I say that right methodological you did. naturalism you did it's it's a bit of a mouthful, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, a very long. Uh, well, it's actually talking about philosophy, but it's somewhat yes. of a scientific term behind a philosophy or for a philosophy. Sorry, um, but yeah, I just want to get into what exactly that is, why it's actually really important in our world now, and and just mm. just explore that a little bit. So, could you describe what methodological naturalism actually is? Okay, so Eugenie um, Scott. Uh, said this that that science doesn't make any comment on on whether God exists or whether He does mm. miracles or anything like that. Um, science just ig- ignores the supernatural uh, just for for its methodology to to actually do its its work, and and that kind of makes sense in some ways because you know the thing is that you you know we couldn't kind of run around all the time saying okay well God did a um, a miracle in my petri dish or my test tube, you know, uh, it would just kind of end in a, in a bit of disarray, if you put it that way. Yeah, it's circular reasoning type thing. Just yeah. like, what, what are we doing? We don't know. Yeah, exactly. So so it does kind of make, make sense. Um, and Lawson, we can really acknowledge the, the power uh, and the success of science. I mean, we, we're on radio right now because yeah. of science. Um, you know, you and I have got smartphones in our pockets uh, because of science. And and so many other things, you know, we can fly over to Ethiopia, as you did earlier this year. Mm. Um, but the fact is this, is that just because science is, is really successful in, in being able to understand and um, even control, shall I say, the, the world around us, that doesn't mean to say that science has access to everything about reality, mm-hmm. including God. Mm-hmm. So, so God can, can exist. He can, can do amazing things. He can sustain the universe. Even, so, even if science, uh, ignores God for, mm-hmm. to do its work. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing with methodological naturalism is this, is it's really saying we want to find the natural laws by which the world works. So we want to find out if I, if I put a cup on the, the side of the table and give it a little bit of a shove, 
then it's going to go, come crashing down. The water's going to yes. spill and probably the glass is going to break as well. That's mm-hmm. gravity. So we want to find, find that out. So it's really good at, at finding those, those natural laws. The, the question though is that we need to ask is, what about if God actually wants to speak to me personally? Mm. What if, what if he wants to do something that reveals himself to me in a very clear way, which would say, Hey, uh, I can now believe in God. I can trust in God because I know he loves me. All of those amazing things, which we find in the Bible. And so the, the challenge there is that methodological naturalism is a bit like having a set of glasses where you kind of, you put them on and they filter out, for example, UV light. Mm-hmm. So, so they filter it out. But then the question would be, if I put my um, UV filtering glasses on, does that mean to say that there's no UV light out there at all? No, it doesn't. Mm. And it also means, that, and this is really, really important, if I put those glasses on, if I put, you know, really dark glasses on, um, it doesn't mean to say that by doing that, I then can see the light, if you know what I mean. Yeah. If, so if I put on glasses which excludes and ignores miracles, it, it means that I won't be able to see them even if they really did happen, if you know what I mean. There's another really good illustration, which is called the streetlight effect. So, so imagine, imagine that um, uh, <clears throat> this scenario. So there's a policeman that comes, uh, comes walking down the road and he sees a drunk man. Um, I guess not somebody you'd normally um, expect to find in a church, but certainly mm. someone who is welcome in a church. But the, 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 the drunk man is there under the street light, kind of groveling around, trying to, to uh, find uh, something. And so the policeman, being the, the kind, generous person that he is, uh, says, okay, well, he just gets down there and starts searching as well. And, and he says to, to the drunk, oh, you know, what are you looking for? I'm, I'm looking for my keys. And, um, and so they, they go on and, and they keep on looking around. And, I mean, it's really obvious the keys are not there. I mean, it's, it's, they, they're just nowhere to be found. And so the policeman gets to the point where he says to the, the, the man, are you sure you dropped your keys here? And then the drunk man says, oh, no, I dropped drop them over here. Over there, but I'm looking here because the light's here. Mm. Do, do, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's it's this idea that just because we've got the light here, that's where we look, and it doesn't doesn't make sense. It's it's almost kind of ludicrous in a way. Um, so in the same way, it's it's kind of like saying science has got this big spotlight yeah. um, just on 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 the natural world in which we live. It's just like really powerful. It can understand DNA and bird flight and and you know what animals are doing. Um, so it's got this really good ability to see things. Mm. But the, if there's something which happens over there in the dark, like a supernatural miracle, which actually does happen but is not in the light, then why would we search here under the street light? 
when when it is actually over there, mm. and we'll find the keys over there. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. And but I think the interesting thing about that is, you know, we've been here at this conference. We've been talking about scientific things and yes. how God relates to them. But you know, then what is the goal of science? What are we trying to 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 do there? Because then aren't they kind of at odds with one another? Which is something that I guess people are always trying to prove that they're not. Like, what? How can we explore that? Yeah, definitely. Um, the The goal of science, most people would say that the goal of science is to to really understand the world, to find out the truth about the world. Um, and, and that's sort of a natural kind of intuition that we have. Um, what my um, contention is, or my, uh, my conclusion is, that if science is restricted to methodological naturalism, it's not actually there to find truth. It's actually there to find natural laws which is a good thing so we can find out about gravity but it won't be able to to find out about um, miracles and things like that so Lawson what I see the importance here is that science has been used by um, like the new atheists so Richard Dawkins uh, you know people like Christopher Hitchens Lawrence Krauss and all of those those guys and they um, they'll say that science has buried God science has eliminated God um, but the fact is this that science hasn't. And, and what we are looking at doing is saying, as people who are interested in the world and we want to explore science, why don't we lift the restriction of methodological naturalism? Why don't we take off those glasses and see the world as... Um, as it really is, which would include natural laws. It would include gravity mm. and, and, you know, um, thermodynamics and, and, you know, those kind of things. But at the same time, we can also see the handiwork of God. Mm. And that's the position of the Bible. So, you know, uh, David said, you know, when I look out at the stars, I, I, I can see um, you know the, these amazing things that God has created. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so the Bible would would say the universe actually speaks of God's power and His glory. Um, whereas, uh, if science ignores God altogether, then you won't be able to see God. So, what we're saying is, well, let's let's take off the glasses, let's look at the world for what it really is, and let's let's find out about the God who created this world. And that's a a more holistic. It's a broader mind science mm. uh, than we often find uh, in the media. That, that's interesting to think about. I, I think something that's been going through my head as we're talking is then what is the motivation of adopting methodological naturalism? Um, because it's like, you, you know, you talked about the context in which, you know, methodological naturalism sort of started to come from, from a guy named, if I'm getting this right, Laplace? Well, he certainly indicated, he, he certainly made a statement which is kind of the encapsulated it. Yes, yeah. So so the story goes like this. So he wrote these books on on the solar system and astronomy mm-hmm. um, uh, called Traité uh, Mécanique uh, Celeste mm-hmm. and um, all about the uh, solar system. He gave it to Napoleon and Napoleon, who liked to embarrass people, said to him, Monsieur um, Laplace, you've written this amazing book uh, on, you know, the heavenly uh, bodies, but I've heard that you haven't referred uh, at all to the creator 
And Laplace responded by saying, I had no need of that hypothesis, so I ignored God yes. when I was writing my book. And so certainly that's, um, uh, that, that is a, a clear statement of methodological naturalism. So why would we do it? Well, the fact is this, is that we do find um, that there are natural laws in, in nature. Mm-hmm. We, we do see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and we want to, to find out. So Newton's laws, uh, the laws of thermodynamics, all of those kind of things. So if we're looking for those things, then um, science which, which restricts itself to, to following those patterns will find those, those laws. And that's, mm-hmm. that's really good. It means, you know, your aerodynamics. So flying yeah. to, uh, to, you know, Ethiopia. Yes. Instead of the, the pilot just saying, I'm going to pray that the, this plane gets off the ground, mm. um, which God could do because he's all powerful. But the other thing is you could say, well, the pilot knows how aerodynamics works. Mm-hmm. And so he's willing to fly the plane using that. So it's certainly very powerful. Um, it certainly has been very successful. Um, so it's not a case of, of just eliminating science altogether. But it, what it is saying is that let's let's use what science has done, but also have an openness mm-hmm. to the fact that God can do things as well. And that, uh, that sort of brings me to my, my final question, which is then if, if science says, okay, there's these natural laws of the universe or methodological naturalism, which is, mm. which are good, you know, because they give us order in our world. And then, Correct. and then faith says, okay. Um, but then, you know, there, there is miracles and there is, God has done things and God has intervened in this new universe to get, you know, to get it going and, and all these kind of things. And we sort of have both working together at the same time. Where do they intersect? They intersect in the fact that God upholds, as mm-hmm. the Bible calls. He, he sustains the universe. So, so what we see around us is not something which has existence in and of itself. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like a TV. Um, you know, if you, if your TV's on and you pull the plug, then the picture immediately disappears. Just instantaneously. Yes. Um, and that's exactly the same with, with God. And, and many people, uh, don't quite grasp that. So if God pulled the plug on your existence and my existence, if he pulled the plug on Faith FM, but even bigger than that, if God pulled the plug on the universe, the universe would just disappear in a puff. Wow. Absolutely gone. Mm. So, so God sustains the, the universe and he does it in, in rational, understandable ways. But the thing is, because he's God, because he's a person with the freedom of choice, there are times when he can do something different, which, which is not contradictory, but it doesn't follow the same pattern. So let me give you an example, Lawson. Imagine that uh, you happen to move to England where it rains all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, so one of the things you would do is you would always uh, take with you an umbrella. Uh, because you're thinking it might rain. Mm-hmm. So I, w- I watch you from, from my apartment, my flat. I see you always walk out of, uh, your, your flat and you always carry an umbrella. Now, if I then say I've developed a law that, that Lawson always carries an umbrella with him without fail, um, that is true, but there could be one day when you decide, wow, this is a really sunny English yeah. day and I'm not going to carry my umbrella. 
and and have you have you broken that law? No, it's it's just the fact that you have the choice. Normally, you carry your umbrella mm-hmm. in England, but there's a day when you decide not to, and that's exactly the same thing. When God sustains His universe, um, which we are, we are living in, uh, the, the, He does it in a regular way. But there's times when He may decide to do something differently. It does it because He wants to show you that He really does exist. He really loves you. He cares for you, and He wants you to have eternal life with Him. That's why God uh, works miracles in the midst of this amazing universe. Oh man, that is so hopeful. And um, of course, thank you so much, Sven, for talking to us about methodological naturalism. And we're going to be having a number of other speakers um, come on uh, during the week that we are we are um, yeah uh, seeing them. But yeah, thank you so much. Uh, and we're going to continue with the show uh, right after this. Somebody bigger than you 
listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Forgiveness. It's easier said than done. But there's a program called Forgive to Live, designed to help us all improve our lives and discover the healing power of forgiveness. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au. Lord, I feel like going home. I tried and I failed, and I'm tired and weary. And I feel like going home Lord, I tried to see it through But it was too
This is a reminder, you are listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show and interact with Mon and myself for the breakfast show, then simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play or use the TuneIn Radio app.